This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What is poppin' everybody, and welcome back to another Only Friends podcast with my Only Friends, and we got an exciting show for you today. We got my number two in the building, Matt Berkey. Well, I'm surprised you didn't go to Andre for that one. I uh, I appreciate the delegation to still being number two with the boss in the building. I mean, mm. I would never do that to my number two. You're my sidekick, bro. I'm not going to let the fucking Malaysian ankle biter just come in here and steal number two when he wants to come in once a month. You know? oh, it, make, it makes perfect sense. It's you know, absurd. I'm the sidekick. He's the side piece. I understand yeah. how the How did I become works. the side piece? Wow. Also, what the fuck? Like... I finally get my lower third and Big Dick Benji doesn't get his. <laughs> well, I'll to take, be, I'll does take he responsibility have... for that one. Wait. To, to be fair, the lower third would both be the size of Benji and of his dick. Yeah. <laughs> does he have, a, does he have a Twitter genius. handle? I think he needs a Twitter handle that is Big Dick Benji. I also BDB. think that's true. That would be mm-hmm. awesome. If you want to give him a social media platform, then he can have his lower third. Yeah. Have we talked about Big Dick Benji on podcast? Yeah, he's BDB. I know, but have we talked about like all the stories about how he would be dragging? No. Okay, yeah. He used to drag heat. Like, at, we would go out. So he was neutered actually at 10. 10? 10. So yeah. he took his balls away at 10. That seems, that seems unnecessary at that point. He's not trying to fuck. Well, what was happening is his, his anal glands was swelling mm. a lot. And they're like, okay, well, you neuter him now. Um, it'll help so that he can go bathroom easier. Right. He's having stomach issues. Um, but before, before the operation, he would, we would go for a walk, and you would see sometimes, just sometimes, um, after he was done peeing, just a line trail because he's dragging the whole time. <laughs> so he's actually Benji the dragon. <laughs> he's like a snail, a little snail trail. Yeah, a little snail trail. So yeah, he uh, takes after his papa. That's what you do? <laughs> that's, that's adorably. So you're Andre the Dragon. Yes. Mm, little yes. adorable lie you got there. Uh, <laughs> All right, Conrad, can you get, take control of this fucking podcast? You're the host. I was enjoying Big Dick Benji. Also, I'm number one, right? The number no. one side piece? No. Number I'm th- who he comes home tonight. You're my number two tonight. side piece. Wow, who's one? My wifey, you know what I mean? Landon? No. Corey? Corey? No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Corey. My bad. Yeah, yeah that's true. Don't, don't drag me into this. Don't drag me into this. Oh, you're right. I forgot. You're my little buddy. Don't drag me into this. <laughs> I just want to take your money today. No, we're, we're in good shape. We have, we have the host, the number two, the side piece. You're my little buddy. And we I got the tortoise. Shit. I ain't shit about shit. The tortoise is just the... I'm just here. Just tor- chilling. You know. I ain't shit about shit. Taking it easy. Taking so, it nice and slow. <laughs> slowly moving along. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of BDE energy, uh, I imagine... That's not how BDE energy works. It's just BDE. The E is energy. Yeah. He's Thank, right. Thanks, Redundant. Landon. Thanks, That's going to do a lot for this segue right now. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's going to transition really yeah. smoothly now that you've pointed that As out. As the little buddy, I have to correct you, you know? Okay. Well, go ahead. Transfer. No, you're the one. Good job. I don't know. Move into the next segment. I don't know what the next segment is. Perfect. Good job. Way to, way to ruin the show, Landon. Mm-hmm. Way to ruin the fucking show. <laughs> keep doing it. <laughs> His Troy Palmo blanket makes up for it. Yeah. Does it? Barely. <laughs> it's making up for not showing my inner thigh. Oh, I do like your blanket. 
Very nice. I love those types of points. Do you love the blanket or do you love the fact that he's not showing his balls on camera anymore? I mm. don't re never really cared about it. But it would get a lot of engagement. Why? You think men's balls really drive the engagement home? Yeah, nudity, I put it, nudity in general. I put a, a titty in the tweet. We only have 100 people who showed up for the start. Mm. What is different? What is different? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's different. Apparently, uh, live streams have moved into the realm of softcore porn. And yesterday on Hustler Live, uh, honestly... <laughs> I think the funniest part about this is that anybody for even one heartbeat of a second thought that this was legit. But Sashimi wore a uh, plastic bodysuit. It oh, right. for what it's worth. I mean, yeah, in the Come way on. that like sex dolls look real, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you can look. You can see at the neck. Uh, I'm, I'm I mean, it's subtle, but like you can right see at the neckline right. that there's yeah. a yeah. bit of a gap there. Yeah, it's pretty good though. Um, but Sashimi, her titties were just out. Just, just on one display. Was. Well, <laughs> the other one wasn't super covered. It was half out. I mean, she's wearing sheer lingerie. Yeah. There was uh, there were titties on display, and it broke the internet. I quote tweeted, uh, I quote tweeted like a twenty five second video that you just saw. It had a hundred views on it when I quote tweeted. Now it has ninety seven quote tweets and like a hundred and seventy five thousand <laughs> views. This went absolutely rampant yesterday. Well, of course, through Poker Twitter. Yeah, this is your power. No, not me. I, I, I mean, I got the ball rolling for sure, but uh, 97 other people also decided to get the ball rolling, so to speak. You and were the start of the, the snowball. I, I was the spark to this flame, but I think, you know, something tells me that that video would have been viewed regardless. Right, but you were the first one on the ball. That's important. Engagement. Your tweet did fucking numbers. Yeah, quarter million in impressions in... Uh, like 10 hours we've had this conversation we think that if something hits around 100k on poker twitter that's viral it, it was 100k in the first hour right uh that's which viral is poker twitter. madness but uh what do we think about this what you know are we, are we just rocking out with our cock out now nowadays no i got i got censored but in all honesty I, I should be because i shouldn't have my inner thighs on the stream i, I get it be professional but it's a, it's it's very clearly a, a like an attempt at a humorous joke and some people find it funny. Some people don't. I personally thought it was pretty funny, but then again, like that's just my objective standpoint. And yeah, I, I think I think it, it was funny. I think it's also this is what like poker is reduced to. Like this is what like what really gets the engagement. What, what gets people interested in poker is you know WWE used to do like this stuff a lot. Yeah, I know. It's just they would do like strip matches between women. Uh, they would do. Do we want the po do we want poker to be WWE though? Yeah, I don't I care mean, for this shit at all. Like, yeah, I don't like it. I mean, I, was really I, like, I don't care. I think it was. I, I agree with you. I think it was funny. I don't see anything wrong with it. I just wish there was other things that also got um, this kind of engagement in in the poker world. Well, which is, I mean, that's not the world we live in. I understand that. So yeah, I, I mean, whether or not we should sexualize poker is uh, a different conversation. I think. Uh, whether or not we want it to be more like the WWE, I think is a no-brainer. Like, sure, maybe we don't want the uh, the social undertones of the WWE. Maybe we want I mean, the popularity. Maybe we want to do it better, but like, certainly the product they're putting out is awesome. a million times more popular than poker, poker could ever imagine. Um, what, what, what's your take, Andre? Before I give my yeah, this is the age-old like philosophical question. You're in production. How would you have handled this? I don't know. I really don't, right? Like, your interests are being popular and 
trying to get out there and getting your your brand out there. Um, do we like the state of reality TV and news right now? And that's what we all have to ask ourselves collectively. Um, you know, I think it's it's really obvious that we all hate the news, what it's become, how sensationalized it is. We all also shit on reality TV. Yet, all of us. I watch love reality it. TV. All of us watch it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's yeah. bec- it's for good reason. It's just for some reason we all draw to it, right? And I know, you know, a lot of people come down on like the media and t- television networks and stuff like that, but it's a balance, right? We can't always blame the organizations. At some point, we have to balance it a little bit of regulating ourselves. Um, and I also don't want to go the complete other way where it's only ourselves that we, we have to blame. It's not just the individual, but yeah, this is the age old question. Do we just keep making stuff that everybody, we know everybody is going to want to watch, but it's a shit show. Yeah. It's interesting because people tend to love drama that does not involve themselves. Right. And this situation now leads to a oh my god she did this what do we think yeah so now it gets people to talk about it it mm-hmm. gets the engagement rolling and now it's a question of does the production agency be hustler wants to take on the responsibility there yeah and from their statement they said that they tried to grow the game and grow popularity so they're okay with the judgment calls that happen do we know if she talked about doing this prior yeah, and, that's does, what I was and does it matter yeah. I don't think it really matters, okay. to be honest. Um, but I mean, like, look at us. We just talked about Big Dick Energy and, yeah. and, and Benji's yeah. dick, you know, yeah. for, for... Dragon. Well, yeah. there's a difference between mm-hmm. talking about talking and showing about it. it and showing yeah, it. We, didn't, sure. we didn't show his... his uh, Go ahead, hold he, that puppy up. That's exploitation of Benji. No, don't do that to the dragon. Don't do that to him. We didn't get his uh, approval on that. I think, I think that... Uh, I think there are a few things to play. First of all, I think that uh, the reaction over the aggregate to this is hilarious to me. Uh, and I don't mean to be reductive in when it comes to like social issues and uh, you know, specifically gendered issues, but I think the fact that this is even a gendered issue at all is so beyond hilarious. If a guy came out with a prosthetic dick and laid it on the table, that man would be arrested without fucking question. There is, I mean, hilarious, absolutely somebody doing it like for a prank channel on youtube to get a million clicks 100 percent going to work are they going to get to play a six-hour session like that no fucking chance i don't even think <coughs> i don't even think it would f- <coughs> god damn it so it's so funny <laughs> wow. to laugh i don't even think it would fly if they had like their pants stuffed and like continually kept standing up or whatever and you could see like the outline oh, of yeah, their yeah. dick i don't even think that would fly Imagine like, if they even had a prosthetic and they were like shirtless or something, and then yeah. it, it was just coming up onto into their yeah like, yeah anything anything you know? that sexualizes uh, people get arrested for this man like I get it there's a double standard here and uh, that that I would be remiss not to acknowledge it but like right. you know men are men are positioned as sexual offenders gener- like like when it comes to uh, aggression uh, aggressive display of unwanted nudity right mm-hmm. whether you're talking about like unwanted dick pics being sent or um, flashing or something yeah flashing or you know I- I- inappropriateness like the the line well, is clearly just, skewed i think it's just because it's 
a, a numbers game, right? There's way more men doing this than women. Correct. Well, it's right? not. It's, it's like, not even just a numbers game, but right. there's actual. Uh, there's more of a physical threat there. That's right. Uh, right. Yeah. Of course. On right. Top so, of like, that. whether, whether e even if it was evenly men distributed, men are more threatening, and they threaten more. Correct. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. like, even if it were evenly distributed, uh, you know, we're fifty-fifty. Um, and uh, in this particular instance, it's like, well, okay, that's that's all well and good, um, but. You know, that aside, it's, it's like, I get the bit. It's funny. Um, but the, the polarizing reactions, uh, specifically even from like the, I, I guess I want to say like uh, the pro-woman side, it's impossible to pick the right side. Right. Because on one hand, it's like, well, this is sexually liberating and women shouldn't be scrutinized for this. If she wants to uh, lean into her sexuality and mm -hmm. uh, leverage that in whatever capacity she sees fit, then she should be allowed to do so. It's like, I agree with that. And then on the other side, it's like, this is tacky, tasteless and classless. And it's like, eh, I agree with that, too. Yeah. Right. And they're 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 butting heads against one another. And rightfully so, because they're two very different messages. One is judging this whole process, and the other one is like completely judgment-free, but both are right, right? And it's just like, at the end of the day, we still have to adhere to some sort of societal norms that we've all agreed upon. And like, this is lewd in general, right? Like, it doesn't matter if it's male or female. It doesn't matter whether it's gendered or not. Like, in a place where nudity is not accepted, even when it's quote-unquote fake nudity, this qualifies as lewd. Like, if that were actually her titty, she would be under arrest. You know? So it's just like, where... Would she be under arrest? Yeah. In decent exposure. Like, I mean, you know, would she get the book thrown at her? No. But, like, she would be removed. Mm. I, you can't just, yeah. you know, outside of breastfeeding, it's not like you can just pop it out anywhere you like. Am I wrong? I, I don't know. I have no idea. People for breastfeeding at places. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I get mm -hmm. that, but... Uh, you know, I, I, I think like the bit is funny. I think the whole thing is hilarious. I just think that like, you know, along the lines of, of being tacky and uh, tasteless, this is certainly up there. Uh, and there was obviously a, a, a like, just put, put, uh, do it and just put like, uh, whatchamacallit? Tassels. Tassels, yeah, anything yeah. like, uh, anything to like censor it, right? Mm -hmm. It's just going too far to the extreme. That's my opinion. But, you know. Uh, so what's the ramifications of this like how do we think things there are none right. i mean there's no i mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if youtube removes the video um although maybe they've maybe they've lightened up on the nudity i know that game show that we were talking about uh seems to be yeah. searchable mm -hmm. so i think i think it is but in certain parts of like you, you have to have like a i think you have to have like a premium subscription mm -hmm. but to to see it maybe so i don't know how that would work exactly well, right. Yeah, and I guess what I was going with uh, what's the ramifications I meant from a community standpoint. And I think that when something like this happens and Sashimi voluntarily kind of takes this action, she's just going to have to deal with the support or lack thereof when it comes to personal opinions. Well, look, like Sashimi's, I love Sashimi. I love that she's, you know, edgy and like pushing these boundaries and like leaning into all this stuff. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not offended by this, yeah. right? I'm just saying we should all be operating under the same uh, rules. And uh, I don't think it's a great look for Hustler Live. But again, like this is the product that they want to build and they want to lean into this type of stuff. So it's up to us to decide like, you know, is this the content we want to consume or not? And is the feedback that they've gotten the 
answer being yes. Well, this is the thing. It's like, right. who, who, who are you going to listen to? When it comes to are you going to listen to a bunch of horny dudes that make up 95% of your audience? Or are you going to listen to the 5% of people that are being represented, so to speak, by uh, sashimi? Right? If you're willing to ignore the, the uh, vocal minority, which is largely going to be women, then you know, we're just going to see this over and over again. Do you think that's an issue? Um, I, I always think it's an issue to not listen to the, the disenfranchised, of course. But uh, I also think that, you know, it's a sashimi choice. And right. again, like, uh, I think that there's probably just a middle ground here where she can do something. Like, if, if this were Robbie J. Lude and she wasn't wearing a body, like, she wasn't wearing fake, uh, fake boobs, but instead she was just wearing, like, a scandalous outfit. It's whatever, you know, like we've been seeing that on TV forever. And again, you're still going to have that division where it's like some women are going to see that as tacky and tasteless and other women are going to see it as empowering. And I think like as men, it's up to us to kind of like amplify the not for us to judge sort of platform, right? Like mm -hmm. I don't have a stance either way, really. Like I might lean slightly left or right, but it's not important for me to be vocal about yeah. this isn't my issue. Right. That makes sense. But yeah, I think the best thing we can do is just like amplify and support whenever uh, this stuff comes up. But really what we're doing today is memeing it and yeah. it's a fucking joke. And like, <laughs> that's, I also think that that's just fine. Like if we can't have fun and poke fun at things that are like clearly hilarious, uh, both for the absurdity of it all, the ridiculousness and maybe even the tactlessness and the, the, the lack of class being demonstrated, then like, what are we even doing? Like, right. Like this is what we do as societies. This is how we figure out what is acceptable or not is like what, you know, ha comes with some level of shame or you embarrassment. You push some boundaries and see kind of what happens. And what you're saying is there, there was a better way to do it that didn't ruffle as many feathers potentially. Well, I, I don't even know about ruffle fe feathers will always be ruffled. Right. I'm, I'm just saying there's a better way to do it in a sense of, uh, uh, of not like pushing boundaries of, of, you know, is this even... I think it's a, uh, against yeah, I think it's a mistake to to like blow this out of proportion. Right. Try to get Shishimi canceled or something yeah, like yeah. that. Right. Okay. It's it, it it was clearly a joke. You know, some people are gonna like it, some people are gonna hate but like, it. Like where is the boundary, right? Because that suit comes with like fully intactness, right? So if she was like pantless and stood up. You just see, like, How you know. How are you know, so uh, familiar I, I with it. this? <laughs> I, I instantly Googled it. I think the answer I you is... Had, you, you should have showed up with one today. That would have been great. I think that the answer is just breaking the law or not, right? Because yeah, it's or, indecent or exposure. Terms of service again, for YouTube. Again, we went back to if a guy yeah. had a prosthetic, you know. Right, that's an issue. Yeah. And, and so there is a clear asymmetry here with what we can do, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it would be... I don't know if the word is inappropriate or whatever, but there would be some like glaring problems if she just stood up and she was just full nude in prosthetics, right? People would freak out reasonably so. But she didn't do that. Right? She, she didn't. She didn't do but that. I, I think halfway there. This thought right. experiment is where is the line? Right. Right. I think and probably at the belly button. Well, well, Burke <laughs> brought up a really good point, right? Like there are some shirts that women wear that are completely see-through. Yeah, We've of course. Right. See-through with uh with like a camera, but not with her eyes. Really? Yeah. This happens all the time with mm. celebrities. Oh yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. 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 They're just wearing, and then they someone takes a picture of the flash hits, yeah. and then it oh, yeah. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. So what if she was just wearing that? 
right? Where is the line where she is fully covered, but on camera, she is fully nude? Yeah, well, that I would think that that would not be her fault unless she, like... Also, I just think, like, that's yeah, not no, for us I mean, to judge. I yeah, think that that's right. up to it's YouTube. Tough. I think that's up to, right. sure. you know, whatever. But but this is what I'm talking about, where the line is so gray, and mm -hmm. there is no clear... I mean, just to reverberate what you're saying, mm -hmm. there's no clear there's no you answer. should be on one side or the other because it, it's just such a weird spot. And reasonably so, you're going to ruffle feathers, etc. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate takeaway. Is like, if anybody's trying to, uh, you know, disown sashimi over this or like criticize her or whatever like that's not where any any ire should be right. spread yeah. here yes. like if if you want to hold somebody accountable hold hustler accountable and say like this is going too far like nadia uh, i think is making a, a strong case for the side of uh being a little bit more conservative where it's like we're trying to bring women into poker and then immediately we just objectify ourselves and become a sexual joke and it's like well yeah but you know there's humor there because you're you're kind of leaning into the the double standard that does exist and mm -hmm. the, the the already existence of women being objectified right so right. you're kind of like taking it back right yeah, so yeah. to speak so it's like i don't think we're in any place to judge i don't think it's and when i say we i mean like collectively men but also even the side of like uh it's fine to be this liberal or you should be more conservative like it's just gray. I think mm -hmm. the people making decisions here are the people putting on the production. That's why I asked you specifically, yeah. what do you do in this spot? Right? Because it's your show and it's reflective of your show. It doesn't really matter how it reflects on Sashimi. She's already made her choice. Yeah. I think yes. it kind of, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, well, what I was going to say is I, I think it's really difficult for women. If uh, Nadia's position, even like every single woman that rises to any prominence in poker, all of a sudden they are a loudspeaker for women's, uh, for women inside of poker. Right. That's, that's a really rough situation to be in. Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden now, you know, literally any girl that wants to be good at the game, they win a tournament and now what? They're loudspeaker for every single women's right. call. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's yeah, not you're fair. You're just thrown to, into a role that you didn't sign up exactly. for. Exactly. That's really, really yeah. difficult. And maybe, mm -hmm. you know, you can say, well, it doesn't matter. Just That's just the state of poker. That's where we're at. But I think that's, again, this is the gray area that we have to deal with and we yeah. have to consider uh, with, you know, when, when we're coming down on something like this, mm -hmm. this hard. I would say that the actions of one person within a sub group of the community doesn't reflect on all in in no, the community but it, optically it, should, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't like well it does because that way it, it does because optically it's getting massively amplified this is mm -hmm. the most viral thing happening saying, in poker right now right right i'm saying that it does optically look like one speaks for all sure but in reality that's not the case it's, that's how it's also work. continually reinforced that this is the way to get ahead right we've seen it time and time again uh the, the if you main if you, swaps yeah if you just like pulled uh a bunch of people who casually watch like streams or televised poker or whatever and ask them who their five favorite women poker players are it's generally going to be the ones that lean into their sexuality mm -hmm. right and that's just because that's what guys are attracted to yeah that's why i wonder what like people outside how people outside the community uh perceive this i right? think you'll see like, a hard divide at the age line right i, right? I think so too because 40 like, plus is going to be like that's mm -hmm. that's absolutely tacky right. i guess classes. like at the end of the day we want to grow the community right so we want to bring outsiders in and so it's just, I guess, it's, it's how, how what we do is perceived outside of the community that maybe is something you should focus on. So, log well, logically, if you're trying to grow the community, 
you could see this as a net positive. Yeah, for sure. Not necessarily. Yeah. Well, I, no, Think about could. all the women who are watching the right. saying, I'm not right. willing to do there's that. There's also right. net negatives. Exactly. There's different yeah. takes as to what this action mm -hmm. caused. Yeah, I, I think it's probably just a neutral one uh, that you know gives us a lot of buzz because it gives poker exposure. And why is that neutral? Because I think that ultimately it has enough downside for people who are looking at sashimi saying like i don't want to be in that role mm -hmm. i don't want to be a clown in order to get uh some sort of clout in this community right right i think that that's a a, a pretty large subset of people who are interested in poker um moving off of that though into uh some uh more substance things <laughs> uh we have uh we're gonna be joining joey tonight for his meetup game uh legion. for legion invites only apparently <laughs> Uh, that's going to be 7 p.m. at the win, I believe. Uh, it's cocktail hour. 8 o'clock starts the games. I'm not sure what the whole process is. Uh, I know it is technically like invite only, but I'm sure like, you know, if you're around the win poker room splashing around, there will be overflow. Uh, I'll be there for a couple of hours. I have an early day tomorrow heading to live at the bike to play a big game. Um, but I know Lana will probably be out till the wee hours of the morning. Can cat I just jamming say it up. real quick, mm. you know, he took the Legion from run it up. Did he really? Oh, he did. It's the Run It Up Legion. It is the Run It Up Legion. Wow. <laughs> it might be a statue solicitation thing. Man, know. mind blown. I don't even know if he was conscious of it, to be honest. Yeah, it might not be. Uh, it's such a dope name. We really need something. Yeah. Uh, I, I love it. I, I loved it when it was Jason. I love it with uh, a totally different meaning, by the way, with, with Joey. <laughs> yes, definitely. Than with so. Jason. Definitely. So. Uh, the Dirty Basement Kids. Man, I, mean, I saw Jason yesterday for like three seconds. I. Wish we could have gotten him on, but he was busy yeah. moving shit uh, sometime in the future, I hope. Um, I, I did mention that I'll be playing live at the bike tomorrow. We're playing 200, 400, 200K minimum buy-in. It's going to be a uh, very big one. That's a nice one. It's the daddy we're playing you against. you selling any action for that? Yeah, you got, you got a little taste if you want it. Oh, yeah. uh, Can I buy 0.0001%? <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's going to be a pro-heavy lineup. It's Eric Persons, uh, the... I believe the owner of Poker Bros is playing, and then a lot of the regulars that you're used to seeing, myself, Andy Stacks, uh, Yo Viral, um, and then a couple other LA regs. So I think we're going to be six or seven-handed. Persons put out a shit talk video of some sort. He, he cut a little promo for it. We're going to take a quick look at that. Hey guys, I'm heading down to Live at the Bike this Wednesday and Thursday to play with Berkey, Yo Viral, and Andy Stacks. It's a 2-400 game with a 200,000 min buy. And more importantly, I'm going to be looking to make sure these nits don't be pip under 35%. Because we all know, you can't play a third of the hands, you got no room at the table with me. Looking forward to crushing this week, guys. Hope you tune in and watch. Just, just to be clear... I think you'll uh, hit that mark. Bro, it's it's a joke. For, all right, first of all, like this whole VPIP number bullshit is like the worst way to gauge whether or not somebody's action. Correct. It, it's it's literally not low. We should be looking at raise first in numbers and we should be paying attention to the quality of hands that these people are willing to play. Literally playing a third of the hands in six max means that you're playing your button and your big blind. That's not fucking hard. Mm. If you're not playing your button and your big blind, you yeah. should not be in the game to begin with. Yeah, like the, I'm pretty sure the number for like overall VPIP in no anti games for six max cash is already like 25 26 right so once you add the ante and likely a straddle yeah 
We're going to easily... I mean, your viral is the biggest nit on the fucking planet, and he's going to break 30%, no problem. Yeah. Right? And it's just like, it's also a five-hour distribution. Yeah. So it's like, you're just going to get really bad hands sometimes. There's going to be one person who runs well below EV as far as starting hand distributions go, and they're going to play 26%. Also, can we talk about that edit just a little bit? Go ahead. It kills me a little. Well, I mean, it wasn't his edit. It's Live at the Bikes, but go ahead. Okay. Well, you know... You got you got the rock and roll going, and you know you yeah, it's probably gonna get us demonetized. Go ahead. And, and then on top of that, it, just like he's talking, this is how I would shit talk. You're talking as if you're on Ambient. It's completely like monotone. Well, I I don't Come think he on. I don't think he meant to shit talk, but I'm I'm it's obviously he's cutting a promo, and like if you're gonna cut a promo, don't 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 sit the fence. You know, don't go like oh these nits, but. These We're going to have a good time. Like lean in and say that these now, guys all fucking stink or go the other route and be the baby face to just be like, guys, I'm just so happy to be here. You know, I, I like you're so, either yeah. Jason Kuhn or you are yeah. me talking to home youth. Yes. Mm. That's right. I Come have on. to make mine today. I, I was going to say, are what, you making one? Yeah, which one am I going to do? Am I going to oh, do baby? We know which one you're going to uh, do. I'm going to be baby, gonna baby face. face. Yeah, yeah, definitely going to be baby face. Yeah, you should be Guys, face. I'm just so happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to play all the hands that I can possibly play whenever That's, I'm dealt in. Do you I want know. you to go like full Japanese ceremony type of baby face with this? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, this the, is not a Japanese are just like, or Koreans or anything like that when they're competing. Like, oh, I'm just thankful to be here. Oh, the Japanese culture is incredible. Did you see what they were doing during the World Cup? No. They were cleaning oh, yeah, the stadium yeah, yeah. after yeah. themselves. And like they were getting interviewed afterwards. It was the most remarkable thing in the world. They were just like, this is what we do. Like uh, yeah. we, we just like take a lot of pride in the way we leave things. It's just like, God, you are beautiful people. They're incredible. Uh, in the judo uh, realm though, they're known as like some of the most like nepotism, uh, nepotist. I don't know what the word sure, is. Sure, I understand what you're um, saying. Like assholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like super traditionalists, yeah, yeah, yeah. they we do like keep it within the family. Oh, it's yeah. it's just terrible. It's just yeah. terrible. By the way, I forgot. To, I'll send I'll send Guapo. Oh, you're gold. I was gone. Yeah, That's you guys okay. didn't even yeah. ask me about it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, get. you win these things like every All other right, week. It's like it's you also come to the point. podcast like once a month. Like, you know? Oh we'll, no, Andre's another okay, world Andre, champion uh, again. Andre won gold in something or other. We'll get that up there <laughs> later. But in the meantime, we have a very important guest joining us today. Uh, those of you who have been around for the the length of <laughs> the poker boom the way I have uh, pre-Black Friday days, you'll know him as the former poker manager at Stars. Uh, when you made major final tables, you immediately got a message from Lee Jones congratulating you, letting you know that you were about to play for X amount of dollars. He facilitated the chops. He did all the dirty work. Uh, since then, he's held many other positions. Most recently, he's with poker.org. And he has some, well, I've, I'm told he has all the info when it comes to the runner. So we're going to shake him down. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to find out who the runner is, where he's at. And we're going to get that platinum pass divvied out to one of you today. I, I, I'm making promises I can't keep. But yes. uh, without further ado, Lee Jones, everybody. Hey. Good morning, you guys. Welcome, sir. Sorry to keep you waiting for so long, but you know, Andre's over here oh, bragging great. about it. I was his... enjoying the uh, nipple gate discussion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, we got to get your take on it, Lee. You know what my take is. So I just. just... You are over 40. So <laughs> I, I, am, I am over 40, over 50, and over 60. So just right down into the corner. Oh, yeah. He the... wants her in a turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too much skin. No. No, I getcha. So catch us up a little bit. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's not let's not do that. I don't want to assume that everybody just knows who you are. Um, 
why don't you walk us through your introduction to poker, how you got started in the industry as a whole, and uh, more specifically what your role was with Poker Stars during the boom? Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, so I was working in Silicon Valley. I had done t- literally 25 years as a software engineer um, in Silicon Valley, various gigs there, including uh, Silicon Graphics and IBM. Um, but I had written this silly book called Winning Low Limit Hold'em in 1994. And then what happened was, is that, uh, of course, as you all know, Chris Moneymaker won the 2003 World Series of Poker, um, working when, and he was, he had won a seat on Poker Stars. And Poker Stars suddenly blew up. There's this really famous scene, and I think it's when he busts Ivy on that four outer. Mm-hmm. Um, the nines versus queen for people to exactly remember. Yeah, yeah for all the chips and um he jumps into the arms of dan goldman who was the um marketing manager for poker stars at the time and they've got this bear hug right and they're they're both wearing poker stars bomber jackets and they're dancing around and the poker stars logo is just like sitting there spinning on espn and uh you know the rest of the rest of the story's history poker stars exploded and isai scheinberg um isai scheinberg for the poker hall of fame forever um was desperate for people and he wanted uh business people who knew poker rather than poker players because he felt that poker players saw a job as what you have between bankrolls and um he tracked me down because of my book and he called me up and he says so Leah, are you interested in and uh you know like i'm standing in the parking lot of my uh of my startup in santa clara california standing under a tree i can i could take you to that exact tree going what the hell is going on here but ultimately i figured yeah i'm gonna go work in the poker industry that was 2003 and uh you know, I went to work for Esai, and the rest is history. And I was at PokerStars for 15 years with a short interlude at Card Runners and Cake Poker. Uh, what What was your role at PokerStars? If I didn't do a good enough job explaining, no, it. no, I mean that was like my technical job was poker room manager, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people thought that I had, you know, complete autonomy and control over poker operations at poker stars i certainly had input into a lot of the big decisions but let's be very clear that during the heyday of poker stars isai scheinberg made all of the biggest decisions i mean we all put our input in and then isai told us the right answer and the the running joke around the office was that if isai was wrong we would go off into a corner and sit down and figure out how it was that he was still right and we were wrong about thinking he was wrong. <laughs> how, um, how much input did you have on the uh, like the tournament, um, the, like the structures and then and, and like the tournament schedules that were made? Um, very, very minor input, mostly because I am not and never was really a tournament guy. Mm-hmm. And early on, we had some very good people that were really into tournaments. There's a guy named uh, Mike Jones, who unrelated to me. Um, Mike was one of the very early employees at poker stars and he, he got in there and was one of the ones who sort of founded the, the whole organization that built up all the structures and, you know, stuff like that. Gotcha. 
so fast forwarding now to present day, uh, do I understand correctly that you you have uh, a role with Poker.org? I I am consulting to Poker.org. I, I'm not an employee per se, but I I, I when uh, I. I used to work for a guy named Eric Holreiser, and I know that you know him. Yep. Um, I worked for Eric at Poker Stars, and when he took over Poker Org, you know, we got in touch, and I said, you know, I'd love to do something. He said, well, you do this and this and this and this. And this. I said, no, that sounds like a job. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't want to, I don't want any more of those jobs. Um, so I'm consulting. I'm doing some writing for them, and and I'm you know, various various odd gigs. Yeah. Uh, the writing, I guess, is what I noticed the, the most, obviously. But then, you know, we've, we've had our own back and forths. Uh, where did this runner-runner idea come from? Man, I wish I could take credit for it. Um, the guy who came up with it is our editor-in-chief, Brad Willis. And I don't know if you know Brad's background. Yeah, I know Brad. Well, so Brad is one of the OGs in the poker industry. He was probably the first poker blogger. Um, we hired him into Poker Stars in 2005, and he's been he's been a, a beast in the industry ever since. And there was a guy for Wired magazine who basically tried to disappear into the United States some years ago. And they put a five thousand dollar bounty on his head to see if anybody could find him. Interesting. And Brad was fascinated with that whole thing. And he actually pitched the idea to poker stars four years ago. And it didn't happen. And then once he took over poker poker.org. He, um, he, you know, brought it back and pitched it to Poker Stars, and this time Poker Stars bought it, and I think it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, I mean, the reason the reason that I think it's amazing, Matt, is because it is to use your your word, it's sharp, yeah. right? It it celebrates all the the smarts and cleverness and creativity that make good poker players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? it really does lean into what we enjoy the most, uh, and. You know, I was talking to somebody today and they're like, uh, when did poker.org start sponsoring the show? And I was like, well, they're not. Uh, this is just impossible to ignore. Like, it's a fun sweat. It's it's a fascinating contest that uh, whether we had a relationship with them or not, like we would 100% cover this because it really is that creative and it does lean that much into the things that we enjoy. Uh, I, I kind of like almost relate it to um, like those the syndicated crime dramas like CSI that uh, just kind of lock you in with a template, right? Like every episode is a carbon copy of the last. There's very little plot. There's very little that differs. It's always just like comparable crime that happens uh, 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 episode over episode. And uh, how did they do it? Who done it kind of uh, plot unfolds and you're locked in as a viewer because you want to solve the puzzle with them. Right. And, and that's kind of where I am. It's like, I have no interest in even catching the runner. I just like feeling like, uh, I'm paying close enough attention that I might be able to pick up on clues, lead somebody in the right direction, start to drop some hints here and there. If, if, if I think I'm smart or, you know, basically send Conrad out in a caravan. I mean, I'm literally looking at flights right now. Cause I think I know where he is. I, oh, man. So I will tell you guys that when, when this thing first started and I don't know what you thought about it, if you even thought about it, but of course I was in on the ground floor. So I had these whole ideas. Yeah. And one of the first pieces I wrote was this man from uncle fan fiction, if you will about how the runners should behave, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I've been astonished at both sides of how, like how loosey-goosey, you know, eating a sandwich, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> about the whole thing they are. Mm-hmm. Like, 
like the runner gave away a bunch of stuff that I didn't feel was necessary early yeah. on. Yeah. And th this whole idea of people who are just like, oh, yeah, I, th I think they're, you know, in Cleveland. So, like, it's fun to say that. But realistically, what are you doing it for? You're doing it for ego and strokes. Well, 100%. Because... We just want to be right. We, we <laughs> exactly, right? None of us are flying to Cleveland to catch this guy. <laughs> right. But the point is, is that, like, I really thought that there would be pretty, because I, when I was talking to Brad about it, I was like, Brad, what is going to be the content here? Because both sides are going to be absolutely dark. Mm-hmm. So they don't give anything away to either competing hunters or to the other side. Oh, you! And you, I was completely wrong. Yeah, you you were way too dismissive of the variety of uh, of the internet. Yeah, there's right? some of the egos involved in this. We want to tweet. <laughs> yeah, we, right. we we just want to tweet that gets a thousand likes more than we actually want to traverse the Midwest. Package. We yeah. just want to race, ratio somebody and tell yeah. them that that's they're wrong and they're not. No, hundred percent. Yeah, there's just a security in being incorrect without actually doing any hard work. Right, because the thing is, you could just be right. Like, you could know where he's going to be, and you could have a, even a fair, or she, whatever, you could even have a fair assumption of who you think it is, and still just miss them, mm -hmm. right? So it's just like, yeah. this effort seems like way too much. I'd rather be a part of the content that's uh, driving him, him or her to be it's caught. Like, I'd rather I'd rather just have the engagement on Twitter, and then if someone finds him, God bless. If it falls into my hands, <laughs> God bless. But I'm not and traveling to Kansas to go find this guy. Right. That was the part that I completely misjudged because I'm an old fart, and it never occurred to me <laughs> that people would think of likes as being more important than a $30,000 package in a trip. Well, house. I don't even know that they do. I just know that uh, it's nice to be able to point back to something retroactively and say, like, I got it right. <laughs> you know, uh, especially when right. you have no intentions of chasing them. And then the other problem is, like, it's difficult to coordinate bounty hunters beca because it's like the ultimate prisoner's dilemma where the EV is in cooperating, but you can't trust anybody. Yeah. So the right. actual equilibrium settles on uh, on selling people out. So the way that it actually works is you <laughs> so take advantage what, of. Are you about to, what is the equilibrium for all the bounty hunters? Because I'm interested. Well, you know, I, somebody I, call Brokus and ask it. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I mean, I think if we treat it as like a typical uh, typical prisoner's dilemma, it's for a small collection of people who can spread themselves out through throughout the, the United States to to coordinate, share information, and then chop up the prize pool. But right. the reality is that the prisoner's dilemma works the way that it does because trust can't be implicit. And so the true equilibrium is probably every man for himself taking advantage of anybody who's silly enough to trust along the way. True. I, I see. I actually wrote another piece about it where I presumed that there would be syndicates that mm -hmm. would come up with some agreed upon share of the, of the booty. Right. Yeah. And then say, okay, we're all going to go out there. And because we've already essentially predefined, predivided the booty, there's no, there's no harm in me cooperating as long yeah. as I cooperate within this structure. Right? I, I think if you can do that legally, then it has a chance. But outside of that, it's really tough. Cause like, if I just, you know, I'm not going to travel to Cleveland. And if I think he's there and I can send a text to somebody and say like, Hey, I think it's trooper. Uh, look for him at, you know jack's casino in cleveland or whatever and they go and it's actually trooper and he's at jack's and they you know give him the phrase and they win the package i'm just left out high and dry yeah <laughs> like they I don't mean, have to give me anything you know no. uh so i think that that's a big advantage that the yeah. that the runner has um i also think that like 
he though I do agree they they've given too many um or maybe not too many, but they've given some hints that I think were unnecessary. Like we saw a full body shot of them, assuming that that was actually them, uh, which I guess we can't assume anything at this point. Like everything should probably be assumed that it's false information before, uh, like if not confirmed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what I think they're doing a great job of, which would maybe indicate that that wasn't actually the person we saw, is misleading people very subtly. I fell for it. I picked up on like a bunch of subtle cues around coffee and I was like, this is the fucking trooper. And then like we kind of <laughs> confirmed, right. we kind of confirmed that it wasn't. And it's like, oh, I see. And it, it didn't even dawn on me how he was doing it. But then the next, uh, the, the subsequent videos, it made sense. He kicked one off with what's popping. And I was right. like, oh, that's a, that's an homage to, to Conrad. But right. then as I kept watching, it's no, he's trying to throw out subtle clues to make you imply that he might be Conrad or he might be Marley or he might be Sprite, right? Like throwing out the watch my husband's live stream for more context. It's like he's implying right. now that he's Marley, but I saw Marley yesterday. I know it's not Marley. Like she's not right. traveling, you know? So it's, it's these subtle like distractions where if you're not paying close attention, you can fall down the wrong, wrong rabbit hole. And if I've learned anything doing like any level of investigation uh around these scandals that, that tend to happen in our community it's very easy to be distracted down a rabbit hole that leads to a complete and utter dead end right and then i guess <laughs> right. in the same sense of saying something along the lines of things that you know in the sense of knowing it's not marley because marley mm -hmm. was in vegas yeah it's like you saying that is in theory negative ev because some people Correct. might think oh it's marley yeah. let's go find marley right, maybe, right. if maybe i were really Berkey's trying on the to take and he's just misleading again if no. i were really trying to find the seat i would have kept that to myself but you know i'm not so like you know here's a freebie. we're just trying to ratio some people on twitter yeah, here's there's a freebie a, it's not marley there's a good chance that i like if um become like december 15th december 16th after the wind stuff is over that i just like crowdsource um travel and figure this out give uh, everybody their peace and fucking make the best content poker's ever seen Lee, what do you think of this <laughs> what, what do you think of us sending conrad on the road but we limit his transportation to 10 <laughs> options that he can only use once i, I saw that idea but, you know like he was going to end up on a lime scooter or whatever yeah, um, yeah. you know i mean listen i really thought that you guys and this was like four or five days ago you know three or four days ago that you guys actually you know, suggested this. I thought you were going to do it. And uh, it's not out of the realm, but with the wind stuff coming up, we can't do anything. Yeah, but once that's over, if the runner's not caught, like all bets are off. Listen, yeah. if it okay, was so the, so the promotion ends on the 16th. Oh, okay. oh. oh, this guy's going to win. Oh, he mm. definitely wins here. Well, I, and so I like why, you say, why do you assume it's a guy? I'm just Drive basing off the last, the yeah, last yeah. And also that 95% of the poker community. Right. That's, that's yeah. also yeah. pretty sharp. I, I think just from sheer numbers, you're, you're probably safe. But I, I, by the way, I don't know who the runner is. Oh, okay. okay. So like, uh, what are you doing on this call? Get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're playing I guess who. No, right? and, and you know what? Um, Brad, to his absolute credit, has been super super professional and tight about this yeah, yeah i was gonna say awesome. how okay. many do you even know how many people actually know who the runner is within the organization i don't know how many people know who the runner is i think it is like between one and three i was wow. gonna say I would, so it's I very would, very tight yeah tight i would net. very much take the under on three yeah it is it is it is not including the runner, this runner is so lucky this ends on the 16th 
Because I was like, I was drawing out the plan. I was, I was ready. I know where he is tonight. I think, I think there's a good chance. Well, I know. I mean, listen, Conrad. You know, thirty thousand dollars is real money, dude. Like, yeah. you know, if, if you think you know where he is, like, I, go I will say this. I, I have an internal inclination, and and I understand that when I say things on the mic, it may actually change their plans. So yeah. this is probably a net yeah, negative. There, there involved. is a, a Heisenberg effect here. If you say yeah. it, you you can, right? Uh, yeah, but uh, I think that there is an element of hiding in plain sight depending on like how famous or not famous this person is uh i think like the more recognizable they are as a character in the industry the more i would be spending time uh through california and vegas because no one's gonna think twice about it like you know it's too easy for some random to walk up to you and say so how do you feel about rabbit hunting right but that would be true anywhere right like it's way worse if brad owen shows up in middle of nowhere iowa (laughs) to sit down at a two five table right like everybody at that table should just be like hey bro how do you feel about rabbit hunting right (laughs) you know what i mean but like if they're in vegas it's like well he just plays and he vlogs you know i i think like the whole hiding in plain sight thing is one like somebody should call brad and you know what? I'm gonna. I should text him and see. But I, I wonder if any random has walked up to him and asked him about rabbit hunting. Oh, I, mean, <laughs> I would think. Yeah, I was like, because it's it's a, it's, a, it's a complete free roll, right? To just yeah. walk up to, exactly. just rant to people and just say that. Apparently, yeah. somebody asked our friend Corey. They DM'd him. They, they said, "Yeah." <laughs> they DM'd him and said, "Are you the rabbit?" It doesn't there work was, that way. You got to do it in person. There was somebody who thought it was no, Melissa too. You have to do too. it in person with a right. video running. Yeah, yeah. Okay. they just want an so, I have a lunch with Brad Owen on Thursday, so. All right. Well, you can get your camera. Like, I didn't say hi to Andre. Andre, hi, Lee Jones. More run it up, man. Like uh-huh. I miss you, and I miss run it up. Okay, I appreciate it, brother. So uh, my history with Lee Jones, I've known him for almost a decade now. Um, Lee has always been, I, I want to say, at the forefront of grassroots events since I've known him. Um, he's he was a big proponent of run it up before run it up was really a thing. Uh, when we were originally at Ultimate Poker. Um, Lee was one of the big proponents for getting him and moving uh, Jason over to stars. And through that, you know, he's been to multiple run it up Reno's. Um, he's, he's been there at the beginning of like, I, I want to say like the avant-garde streaming setups for everywhere. Um, multiple events. We were, we did, we did one in Sacramento as well. Um, and uh, yeah, Lee Jones, you're, you're still around working at grassroots startups. In, inside of poker it's uh listen nobody loves poker more than i do and uh jason somerville is famous for saying that and it's mm-hmm. just i'm just so fortunate to be part of this business and the community and it's just so much fun but you know on the um this whole like runner thing one of the things that's really surprised me is how well it's worked out in terms of being a balanced match right mm-hmm. like it would have really sucked if he had gotten caught the first 14 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's fascinating that he's leaving clues behind in places that he plays, and we haven't heard from any of these people. Well, why would they say Which is sharp. It's sharp. It's sharp for sure. But also, they've kind of missed their mark, right? So, like, who are they linking up with uh, in a predictive manner where they're trying to tail this guy? Right? Because he's not coming back. Did you see the recent update on the real time? Um, you guys should drop a link to the real time tracking yep. in your uh, in your YouTube. But basically, they're uh, 
they actually said in the real-time tracking that there are at least four people who have a very good description of who the runner is. <laughs> yeah, I saw, okay? I saw because that. Because the runner is leaving behind, and, and I wasn't going to say anything about this until it showed up on the real-time tracking this morning, mm-hmm. but the runner is leaving behind cards that have a QR code. Right. And, and the, the QR code, basically, if you, if, you, if, you go, if you link to that QR code, it basically says, oh, damn, you just missed me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, saw, I saw something. Uh, I don't know if it was on the blog or if it was on poker.org's Twitter. Or maybe it was... No, I think, I think that was it. It might have been in one of the videos. But basically, he was saying that he was leaving clues behind and mm-hmm. that they left a phone number to call. Um, yeah. but I don't know what the phone number leads to. I imagine it's just like a message of gotcha or something like that. Um, the phone number I am pretty sure calls into poker org. Oh, okay. And, and, uh, they may talk to you. They may, you know, you may leave a message with the number. They call you back. I don't know the details. I have It's like Santa tracker. Q- yeah. But <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't seen the QR code. Um, so, I mean, I haven't seen the card. Right. But the point is, is that there that the runner is leaving breadcrumbs. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I really appreciate the content that they're doing um, because of the subtleties. Like, that's what I'm taking away from it the most, even though they're all false clues. Uh, like the very first video they put out, um, they were saying something along the lines of like, I, I, I mentioned that they, they said they got a bad beat. And that made me think it was more of a recreational player than a professional um and in that moment he said like uh you know something about the woman in in seat one she can enjoy my chips uh at table one and i Mm -hmm. thought that at at the time i thought that that like he was giving something huge away like he was playing this table one in this and now that i think about it more i think it was a subtle reference to table one at aria Aria, yeah which is just like another false clue because it's very clear he was they, they weren't in vegas are there guidelines as to what he can post as in the sense of false clue, real clue, or he can do whatever he wants? I I don't know the details. Um, I'm sure, like Brad and I, sort of discussed that obliquely before the thing started. Mm-hmm. But whatever detailed conversations um, Brad has had with the runner, I don't know. And again, I think that's something that the fewer people that know it, you know. The, the the better the whole thing works out right but well, i guess what yeah. i'm really taking away from this once again going back to what matt was saying is it, it's it really does reflect and amplify and celebrate the best things about poker and it just happened to have worked out to be a really interesting it's an interesting match right it's not lopsided mm-hmm. and at first i thought the runner was just like home free I would have like I thought if they played a relatively GTO strategy, that they would be scot free with the platinum pass forever. And then that first video came out of that person pumping gas, and like four hours later, Twitter had the exact gas station. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know. And I was like, what the hell? The the um the rules that were posted. Uh, made me think the opposite. It made me think that this person would get caught very quickly because they have to, if I recall, they have to do uh, a video from or demonstrating that they played an hour of poker, I think, every other day. Uh, yep. And then they also have to do a video of uh, their location in front of um, some sort of uh, business, business entity. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And with the internet being what it is, with Google reverse uh, image search and everything else, like you're going to get pinned very, very quickly. Now, the only thing that I don't know is how much they're scrutinizing the real-time effect of these videos, right? Because he could or or she could just delay everything one day. Give yourself a 24-hour head start. Yeah, so post the location 24 mm -hmm. hours later, post the play 24 mm -hmm. hours, and just be staggered on this one-day delay, in which mm -hmm. case that's going to be near impossible. It's like, it doesn't matter if I knew you were in Jacksonville yesterday. Yeah. It could be uh, especially anywhere else. They could be Matt, there, there's four people in the United States per Brad. There's at least four people, which probably means people that picked up the QR code and followed it, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. There's four people that know who this person looks like, right? right? In the United States with Google, that's a pretty powerful thing, especially if they decided to work together. Yeah, that, that part's very true. That is true. So, I, <laughs> I mean, feel like we start like to flirt the, with like... like uh, the hunters have, are going to have to be sharp, yeah. but it can be done. I feel like we start to flirt with ethics a little bit whenever they turn into true bounty hunters. They start doing like reverse lookups and like trying to get this person's <laughs> phone number and, you know, geocache and all this other stuff. And they, I mean, one of the, if you look at the TNCs, because I read them pretty quick, carefully to quickly discover that I wasn't allowed to figure out who it was. Mm -hmm. um, it, one of the things they said was basically, if you break any laws, right. um, you're disqualified. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah, done. But you could probably go right to the edge of, of of breaking laws. I I knowing knowing poker stars, knowing poker org and the people involved, I wouldn't want to be tacking close to that wind. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I understand. And 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 you just like you just don't do it because you don't do it, right? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh I get it. Just you know, hiring a PI is the thing. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, for 30k, I, it seems like whatever his hourly is, I, is worth see, it. That's the part that really surprises me because I really thought that, and I think part of the problem, and I wrote about this in one of the pieces, is is that because in the poker industry we become so inured to the numbers, mm -hmm. right? Like you're going down to the bike to play 200, 400 with a 200k buy in it, and every, we just say that, right? Oh yeah, you know. One of the things I was thinking about is like, do you ever hear about people that are arrested for murder for hire? Yeah, and, and it's like the it's amount like, of money they got paid. Mm -hmm. Right, it's, it's like three like k. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, it's like we in the poker business completely lose all sense of the value of a dollar. For sure. So we hear thirty k. Well, that's how much Ethan won at you know, hustler live last. I, I think we also break it down to EV too, right? So it's like, we know that it's not, it's not 30,000. It's 30,000 uh, divided by the Time percentage. probability. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. But the fact of the matter is, is that if like, for instance, you're one of the people with the QR code, if you have most certainly seen this person, yeah. man, your EV in that situation skyrockets. Yo, sure, if you yeah. guys are out there and you got the QR code and you've seen this person, you can ID you we'll we'll create the wanted poster here. Work with only friends. What are you doing? Wait, wait till I'm off the air before you start doing this shit. <laughs> no, we're not gonna divulge it on air. We're gonna get Conrad in a fucking boat and send him to Hawaii or wherever this guy is hanging out at. Yeah. What are you uh, doing? What do you mean? What am I doing? If 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 you know or have seen or played with this man and need funding to try to find them. Or woman, 
Talk to me. That's what I just said. <laughs> but not on the podcast publicly. We do it in secret. Yes, of course, Landon. You say that, but then you're going to say, I know. You're going to say something on, on Why air. Why do you think I'm so stupid? I don't think you're stupid. <laughs> I think that you like to give value to people. Uh, no. Out, out, of the, this like, was, out of the kindness of your heart. This, no, this is sheerly me crowdsourcing a way to get Conrad pointed in the right direction mm -hmm. because what I don't want is a Roadrunner map where the oh. runner is going one way and we're sending Conrad <laughs> oh, the okay. other. So you're trying he's, to hire an informant for Conrad to but, go find them. He's a part of the team, this this new person who's seen the QR code and knows what this guy looks like. You're right. part of the, you're, you're only friends adjacent. What you yeah. failed to realize, it was all for content because we already know what he looks like. Mm. That's what you failed to realize. It is all worth What you should have known is yeah, Conrad. Conrad's Conrad's in the streets. He's he's got all. You know what this reminds me of? Have you seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yep. Pepe Sylvia does not exist. Yes. <laughs> That's what this is right this now. Is, this is a good reference. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I think it's I think it's a really cool thing, and I'm honestly I'm a little surprised it's gone as far as it has after the first two days. I really thought after the first two days and they identified the instant gas station and the yeah. right Starbucks, I thought, oh. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked toast. that like, somebody from that collective pool that was playing with the person that day isn't just like hot on the trail. I literally know somebody that lives close to that gas station, realized it was that gas station, did some other investigative work, then drove up and down Florida, <laughs> stopping at all the poker rooms trying to get this person but they were already gone see that to me that is sharp right right that yeah. that has got to be plus ev mm -hmm. and if enough people do that then but, one of those people is gonna hit pay dirt but how can you identify that person and they only have to play one hour so well yeah. you go to the gas station yeah and you know you, you slip the guy a hundy and you, and you say, let me see those security tapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I actually thought. Like, see, the, I mean, this is this is pure NCIS stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is you said it exactly right, Matt, that you slip a hundred to the guy to see the security tape and you're off to the races. Yeah, look I for mean, the person with the glove. It, I don't but know how it actually happens, but these are the kinds of techniques that, to sure. my mind, are how the person's going to be brought down. But for instance, let's say you were you were the runner, um, Lee. How would I be able to track you down if I know you're about to move the next day, right? Like, I think even that is very difficult. Okay, so are you, are you stipulating that you know that the runner is me? Yeah. <laughs> right, so if, I, think, I think if you know the then person... you simply crowdsource this guy. Yeah. Right? You, you pass... I, you run, you run, run, a, you run a big risk there. Yeah, I, I right now... Yeah, that's, that's the problem. I wouldn't crowdsource it because I have you know, information that is probably at least ten to $15,000. Here, here's, here's the big difference. So we were very, we had a high degree of confidence that we knew where he was a few days ago when we believe he was in Chicago. Um, mm -hmm. But without knowing who the person is, it's irrelevant. If we, on the other hand, know who the person is, we can, we can approximate region off of clues. And, you know, like say it's this team within the room, we all would trust each other. So we could send, a, we could disperse into five different locations, right. and then if we miss, you know, wait for the next clue. But knowing who the actual physical person is is worth 
a thousand times yeah, more. Yeah, right? Imagine yeah. like a map of five of us, like just like let's say we're spread in Detroit. Out. It's spread out in all the casinos. Now you like have a tracker on all five of us moving like to bigger, <laughs> like a bigger, like a fucking. Yeah, you just create this yeah. like search radius. <laughs> There's at least four people in the United States that have a pretty good idea of what the runner looks like. Wow. They should get they right? should they should get uh on the open AI and the, get like a sketch. The way you phrase the way you so phrase hard. I know you don't know who it is, but the way you phrase that makes makes it sound like it's not someone that famous. It's not Brian, someone I that, have no idea. I, I, I know I know I you would don't. be very clear. I have zero no, idea if this person I, I, could Right. It, it could it could I mean it could be Phil Helmuth, it could be some completely mm -hmm. J random. Yeah. I, that's what I wonder, because like obviously if it's somebody famous, it's like like Berkey said, like it would you know, it would be if someone's in a or just a random casino in the middle of nowhere, then it's just going to look way out of place. Yeah, like uh, if if what? if stars hit me up or poker.org hit me up and said like we want you to be the runner, I would just immediately shrug and just say I'm drawing dead. <laughs> like, I'm just, I, I, or, right. or or actually, I guess my strategy, assuming that I didn't have to, I don't I don't know what the actual protocols are or anything like that. But if I if I were to do it, I would just ping pong back and forth. Out of places that I I'm frequenting often, so I would just like mm -hmm. be in LA and be at five different casinos in LA, and then come back to Vegas and be at five different casinos in Vegas, and then go back to L. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That would be the only way that somebody like me could ever blend yeah. in. You have right. to hide in plain sight. The protocols are online. Yeah, I know. I, I'm no, just no, saying. No, like, I mean all of, like if you want to do the research and such, yeah. to, in order to catch and see what is and is not allowed, all of that stuff is drawn and written out. Yeah, the TOCs explicitly. are out there for sure. Um, yeah, but yeah. So, oh, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely available, and I think I think there is the information and there is the technology and the smarts within the community to catch the person, but it's going to require cooperation. And as you point out, um, the the equilibrium of that cooperation is kind of unknown. From from Poker.org's standpoint, do you think that they are rooting one way or the other? to be caught or not um you know the longer it goes the, the more the more fun we have because yeah. i mean i have to tell you as as i said this is i mean i've been in the poker business for 20 years matt and i joined poker stars in 2003 mm -hmm. um this is by far the most fun promotion i've ever seen it's the sharpest promotion i've ever yeah. seen yeah I agree. So I just wanted to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like if the person gets caught on the 15th or 16th, I mean, that's fine. Sure. And if they get but away with it, also fine. Yeah. Also, if they get away with it, then that, that's also fine. I, I want, I want the best team to win. Yeah. Like if, I, this, I if think... this person really crushes the hiding part, then they deserve to win. Yeah. And if some one person or some consortium, does something super clever to find and nab the person, then they deserve to win. And yeah. I, th I think That's, this iterates yeah. really well. So like, this oh, is the yeah. very first iteration and we're seeing it in a very rogue type of content creation. Cause like, I'm thinking about this and it's like, we've come up with some really creative ideas on like how to do uh, giveaways or promotions and, mm -hmm. and even just like other stuff. And we never follow through because the anxiety around executing on it is so high. Right, so the amount of content that Poker.org has to crank out right now, in order to keep this in, uh, like at the forefront of everybody's mind, to keep everybody engaged, right? Because it's very easy to look at this and just say like, ah, it's hard. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. It's just hard, right? right? Mm -hmm. 
But if you make it seem feasible and they, they do create these uh, breadcrumbs and everything else, like now everybody's a lot more engaged. The 10th iteration of this is going to be a reality show, mm-hmm. right? Like <laughs> it, it, it really does build out to that. It builds out to the American race. It builds out to Survivor and like all of these other really popular game shows that already exist. Yeah. This is why I think so, it, it's oh, good. The people that are at Poker Org, I mean, like, I don't know if you know the people that are involved in poker. We have Sarah yeah, yeah. Herring. Yep. We have Gary Gates. We have Brad Willis. We have Will Thomas. Um, Eric Holreiser is running the shop. Mm-hmm. These people are all have decades of experience in the poker business. They're super creative and they are not afraid to go on a limb like we did with this thing. Yeah. And and it's working out like maybe better than we expected, but it's it's super, super fun. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see uh, this continue. Uh, I can't imagine this will be the last time it's ever run. I can't imagine that it will only be poker.org who does these things. But like, I'm very confident that as this process iterates more and more, the creativity that blossoms off of it is going to be more than I think we could even conceptualize. Like, If there is just a poker based reality game show off of this i wouldn't be shocked if there were a non-poker like if cbs is watching this and it turns into a non-poker related game show also wouldn't be shocked and it would be one of those things similar to big brother where like any poker player who signed up for it would Mm -hmm. instantly become a major favorite to win i am so upset but here's here's what i want to say about that because like you guys are talking about reality tv and you know us we the people being responsible for the media that we get because Mm. we asked for it right yeah yeah all of that stuff all the big brother stuff all the reality tv and this is by the way this is lee's opinion not poker org's opinion but and and i'm a nit and i'm an old fart but (laughs) i big brother and all that stuff is very artificial right it's like who gets voted off the island or you know this is total sharpness either you're the sharpest team or you're not either the runner is sharper than the competitors or the competitors are sharper and to me that's why it celebrates poker so beautifully because it all comes down to who's the more clever operator yeah Mm -hmm. i think that's absolutely true there's not like a production team controlling everything that's going on it's it's, it's mono e mono exactly i am so sad i thought i was gonna have christmas dinner with the runner I thought it was going to be December 25th, and I knew where he was. I'd be knocking on his front door, have Christmas dinner with his family. Hey, so how do you feel about, you know, rabbit hunting? <laughs> what if, do you what, have any rabbit for dinner? What if, what if you know the runner, you know the location, it's the final day. You're, you're ready to ambush him. And uh, you realize that he's just like a huge favorite in the 30K PCA. Right, he's just or like PSPC. a crusher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's Adamo. Yeah. Do you just like do you just like Very approach him? Sharp. Do you just Very approach sharp. him and go like, "Look, I'm not going to turn this camera on just yet, but I know how you feel it's about tough. rabbit hunting." And I'd like to chop this with you. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, well, honestly, if they were that good, they would just give you the seat because they'd want all of themselves, right? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Or right. but it's, still, spots, it's still funny. It's there's still. spots where, um, let's say instead of it's a 25K pool, it's a, it's a 100K pool. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have to choose what their, their curses are in the beginning mm-hmm. to, to go up to 100K. So let's say like the first 25K is you have to make a video. And then like... Uh, you have to leave a card is another 5k that you can earn right, right. basically like every every 
the more dicey the clues they leave, exactly. the more they stand to earn. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then you can approach them afterwards and be like, <laughs> what's your total? You yeah, know? and and yeah, the way it, the way it should work would be uh, <laughs> we're iterating here on air, yeah, but the, like the way it should work is the dicier the clues, the more reward to the runner. That's right, and it's sucking from the pool from the the bounty hunters. Yes, right. So say it starts with a hundred k for them yes. on day one, and it's like you know ten k for the runner. And then as each day advances, it goes in the runner's favor and he can like advance it faster by yeah. leaving dicier clues. It's like the amazing mm. race meets witch hunt meets like we can make this a TV show and it'd be pretty good. I yeah. wonder this if, is fun for me. I wonder if the, the bounty hunters should know that because if I know that you're worth to you, you're worth 100K and to me, I'm worth that 1K. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I then propose you after like if I know the runner and the location? right the negotiations, the negotiations, super interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, if, I, yeah, oh, sorry. I, like, just, I, was, I just think to me, what's really beautiful about this again is that it's, it's about being sharp, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. all the cheesy stuff seen in the poker business and, and like what you guys talked about for the first 20 minutes about Nipplegate and all this other stuff, right? This is about poker and poker skills. And yes. I think we can agree that any, that like note that you could win this whole promotion and never have played a hand of poker in your life. It's true. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. But the I, fact is, is that if you win the promotion, you'd probably be a pretty damn good poker player. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, really I, think I think your point is very, very valid in the sense that, you know, we talk about growing the game all the time and there are a lot of, uh, pieces of low hanging fruit, such as just finding an attractive girl who wears uh, a fake booby bodysuit and like throws it out there and like suddenly that brings in new eyeballs and it goes viral but this is a more organic way of celebrating the things that we're actually good at without actually having to demonstrate yeah. somebody playing a hand where they run a three barrel bluff that the general audience isn't going to understand exactly and there's also variance too right like even in this contest you get lucky and are just playing cash in your local room uh then the guy says that he got coolered in this certain spot and you're at the table and you're like oh that's who the runner is. Right. Now I have this massive EV gain yeah. just out of like serendipitous luck. Yeah, yeah. And that's also just part of poker as right, well. Yeah, yeah. You're just one of eight at a table that yeah. are going to know this. This can shine really bad lights on poker though. Go on. So let's say seven people say that, oh, I asked this guy about the runner, uh, about the rabbit. And he, you get to film you it. Have you have to, film, film, it. to film, it. film it. That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. They, oh, you yeah. have to, you have to have okay. it on film. That's, that's right. why. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah, right. they got all yeah. their bases covered over. Okay. No, I mean org. that's I th I think <laughs> that I I think that Brad and his team really you know had it buttoned down pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, I mean, Matt, to your point, it's like one of the things that I've been upset about for oh I don't know twenty years is that there's not enough women in poker, right? Because we make it so so awful in many ways, and yeah. yet there's nothing about the runner thing that is going to turn women off right right yeah. and yeah. so this is like hey come into this this really cool game that we have this most amazing game and oh by the way you don't have to lean into your sexuality mm -hmm. or be objectified to be part of the community yeah i love it i love everything about it i'm excited to see how it transpires moving forward i hope we see a lot more of it again i think that there are a lot of iterations that can come off of this that are sustainable yeah let's brainstorm lee I, uh, <laughs> for for the next one, I think I think if the runner, um, if the runner ends up not getting caught, he should stay or she should stay the runner for the no, next no, one. No, no, no. For the content, you no, have no, to no, announce no. it. Yeah, no, because no, no, no. they're gonna go play, so yeah. everybody's gonna know. Oh, this right. guy won. 
the the seat from being the mm. runner. Mm. Yep. And yep. it's super cool content on broadcast as well. Yeah. Also, like even announcing who it is, it's not like they couldn't ever be the runner again. Sure. You know, it's, I, it's, I, I hope it's, they yeah, get fair. caught. I really, yeah, I really do hope they get caught. And I think, you know? I yes, I want it to be like no, the eleventh hour. No, because though. I, I do. I think that I think that um, it's actually better for the the program itself because now everyone will be like, oh, it is possible to catch this person. So then the next year you do it, you might even have more engagement. You yeah. know what? You're exactly right, Brian. Mm -hmm. It should the runners should get caught in the eleventh hour. Yeah. Right, yeah, that, yeah. that's that, the ideal that, scenario. That, that's that's the best. Yes, yeah, the best case scenario, I think, for the for the whole program. Like the worst, yeah. That's the, the game-winning shot from yeah. the underdog. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst is if and they, by the way, they it should be caught. They should be caught in such a way that it required coordination among mm -hmm. two yes. or three yeah. people right. bringing really disparate mm -hmm. clues together. What would be lame is person. is right. if just everybody in every poker room is asking the, the question to everybody. Right. Yeah. But um, I mean, that's that's also tedious, like to film you going up to yeah, everybody yeah, yeah, at your yeah. table and then like, but, but that, that would be the lamest thing. And yeah, there yeah. are people in this community that would do that. Yeah, maybe. But uh, I, I don't even know that there's a whole lot of EV there. Think about how much foot traffic there is. So, so I think like, you know, the final day, uh, my uh, what I'm rooting for is that they're in Vegas and they're at like a jam packed win poker room or jam packed Bellagio poker room mm -hmm. because it would take knowing who the person is. Right at that point, like it wouldn't be happenstance. Whereas, like if they're at Rivers Casino in Pittsburgh, and there's three tables running, you you know you could almost like just so happen to like look at a guy who's clearly not local to Pittsburgh and say, "Hey, man, what's your story?" You know, and they're like, "Oh, uh, I'm from you know this place and have been playing poker for this long." Yada yada yada. It's like, how do you feel about rabbit hunting, man? <laughs> you know, just talk to me. Like. What, what, what's your deal, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, if they're at the Bellagio, they're just going to blend into a sea of people, even if they are somebody who's recognizable, right? It's like, it's just not that unheard of that people are here during the WPT win. Right. But then every major tournament, then you should just blast everyone. I don't know. <laughs> you just can't. Yeah, you're just yeah, trying yeah, to gamify yeah. something or, or uh, you're trying, trying to hack to guess, the game. Correct. Well, I'm, I'm looking to see like where it could go wrong. Yeah. No, yeah. It's still manning it. And where, is very sharp. you know, the, 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 um, the spirit of the game can be yeah destroyed yeah i agree yeah. all right on that we're gonna let you out of here have any final thoughts uh of what you have coming up anything uh in particular with poker.org that you want to talk one, about i love your guys show thank you i love, oh, thank love, you. love your show and it's just really you. cool um you should have jamin burton on more he's um, the best he is the best and i'm just one i love vloggers i'm so delighted to have I think vlogging and meetup games are basically the best thing to happen to poker in forever. Yeah. I agree um, with that. And it's wonderful to see somebody that isn't a 30 year old white guy. Sure. You know, doing stuff. And, and Jamin is just, to be fair, deep bomb. down inside, he believes that he's a 30 year old white guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, you gotta go with, you gotta go with your internal narrative. Anyway. Uh, uh, yeah. Until, until you start uh, talking about like dunking a basketball, then all of a sudden he turns into, you know, an 18 year old six, <laughs> eight guy. He's like, well, it's been a minute, but I can drop step tomorrow if I need to. It's like, okay, Jamin. But, uh, uh, you also get need to, you do need to get Somerville on there. Yeah. I desperately want to get Jason on here. He's, he's so hard to get uh, out of the house. Get, you need to get Nate silver on. Nate's great. That would be great. Yeah. Election um, time for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, he tends to be kind of tied up around election. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but, the lead up. But anyway, um, yeah, listen, I just I just want poker to thrive and grow and to be healthy until I'm past 
the age of that I can still play and or I'm dead. And so you guys are, you know, you're bringing great vibes to the business. And uh, the other final thing I'd say is uh, Isai Scheinberg for Poker Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think that's a sentiment that we can easily echo. Yes. Uh, and it's one that needs to be echoed just in the sense that, uh, you know, even talking with Landon, uh, poker history is fading very, very, very quickly. Like we're it the is. one industry where a decade later, uh, a lot of what laid the groundwork suddenly becomes forgotten. Right. Uh, you don't really see that in sport. People still talk about the 80s, 90s, or the 80s, 90s, 80s, 90s, 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 so you didn't have right, it. and that's why, no, and that's like why I'm trying to get the message then. out. Because yeah. in in five years, you know, I'll probably be gone or whatever, and nobody will be, you know, ringing the Isai Scheinberg bell if I don't. So right, it's yeah. just that's something that I just want to see happen. But anyway, um, listen, when I'm in down in Vegas, I'll come down and I'll eat some of Brian's brisket and hang. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Listen, listen, yeah. I got a history is important. Let's, I understand, uh, but let's, yes, history let's get you is in important. Studio. Mm -hmm. Let me know. All right, I'll cook you up some I great will. barbecue. All right, thanks, okay. Lee. Appreciate you joining Jeremy, us. Thank thanks, you Lee. so much. Y'all take care. Uh -huh. Have a good one. Bye, Lee. Bye. That was a very wholesome conversation. Very wholesome. Wholesome indeed. You uh, you don't know who Below Above is? No. Oh, I don't amazing. know who Below Above. What? Kevin Saul? Oh man, I don't know. He who was an absolute legend. Legend. Man. Well, it, it, poker just wasn't like that big of a deal comparatively speaking to sports. Like sure. football, basketball, baseball. Yeah, but it's what you do now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what happened then, I can't change or doesn't, isn't effectively relevant in the new strategy. Let's see, that's the problem. You only see it through the lens of strategy. Like when I, right. when I fell deep, deeply in love with baseball, I wasn't alive during the 70s, but mm -hmm. I learned everything there was to know about the 70s Pirates. Yeah. And I think we also, we, we loved like, before the poker boom and all the stuff that led up to and, and like the Doyle Brunson and like, you know, him winning back to back World Series when it first came up in the history of it. I think we were into that more than like the new generation. Uh, yeah. Into the poker boom well, rounders scene. was a was a huge mm -hmm. influence. Right. It's also that. because then when it comes to these other sports and things like that, there are superstars within the team. But you also had the team affiliation in poker. There's no team affiliation. Yeah, it's not a one to one yeah. comparison. No, but there's sure. an industry right. affiliation. Like imagine, imagine 10 years from now, you're having a conversation with a 23 year old and they have no idea what two months, two millions are or who Lucky Chewy is. You'll yeah. be offended. I yeah. would I would be offended, but that's because I have a personal <laughs> relationship with Chewy. Sure, okay, but uh, everybody else that was involved in that right. is is equally as legendary in the in the space. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't right. say like, wow, how do you not know this? I would just say, really, yeah. I would just say this is what I'd say. I would send him a YouTube link and say, watch this. I think it's difficult to just orally pass on these stories though, because there's no real way. No, there's there's nowhere to actually talk about it. There's no. Um, production to really shine a light on this. I wouldn't have known what the immaculate con uh, reception. reception was unless you guys explained it to but me. But you're like really like, far removed from football. I didn't even know what that exactly, was. Yeah. He's, he, but, he's not right. far removed from poker, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 
and and we're in a content driven age like if he doesn't know what the micros are uh to me that's sin if he doesn't know what rounders is to me that's a sin and it's like at some point there is going to be uh a divide where the next era is not going to know these like there's already people landon's age that have never seen rounders and will never watch rounders but are playing like you know 50ks yeah that's crazy mm -hmm. and it's like that means that they are completely disengaged from the culture of the space that they are completely enveloped into which is fine if all you care about is bottom line but it's absolutely terrible if you're going to represent the space in any capacity right like these stories are critical to tell and it's very important for us to be able to shine a light on those who laid the path prior to us right like uh it's it's nice that Helmuth, Negranu, Ivy, and that collective are still relevant today because there's still exposure now to the, to the up-and-coming generations. But if 10 years from now, people are scoffing at Ivy or like, you know, kind of shrugging, saying like, who gives a shit? Like, who is this guy? He's not important type of thing, right? Like, I still look at Chip Reese in a very adoring way. Yes. And there's no way he could compete in today's game. But it doesn't matter because he was just a legend of the era that he actually got mm -hmm. to play in. Yeah. You know, and that's that's really important to carry forward. I, I think that in the digital age where things move so fast and like you have so much content thrown at you uh so quickly, I, I think that the younger generation doesn't care about the past in any capacity. And maybe that's okay. Maybe like it's always better to just be looking ahead and moving forward but to me it's very cold some people will stay relevant and like pass the test of time call it the chippies the doyle etc right because those are always still going to be passed down from the people within the community like you to me like i know doyle <sighs> I, people I, are going to know doyle i don't know man i, I bet there are a lot of people who are your peers that don't have any fucking clue who chip reese is yeah really i, I would feel yeah. pretty confident in that. i would feel a lot more a certain way like negatively in those regards of like people in the game versus the uh, production side of things. Sure. Like, I don't know much about production and things going on, but well, I know Chris Moneymaker, right? Isai e e like revolutionized the, uh, an entire industry. With like, the whole yeah. card count. Uh, no, no, oh. no. He was the founder of Stars, but like Poker Stars is in. What, you may not know Isai, but you'll always know Poker Stars. Correct. Right? Right. And that, 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 uh, that separation is what we're kind of speaking to as being the problem. And you think that's a problem and it might not be? Um, I, I, I understand why that's the case. Uh, I think that Lee's point is valid in the sense that it doesn't need to be the case. It, it's been, it hasn't been long enough for that to be the case, basically. Like, if there's three generations removed and they don't know who Isai is, okay, like, understood. But they'll always know what Poker Stars is, and that's what he created. Right, but, but like you know, Poker Stars as uh, you you know Poker Stars as uh, Amaya Gaming. I know Poker Stars as an online poker site. Yes, that's all I know them as. Right, right. And if you had to equate it to anybody, it would be Amaya Gaming. But like right. that was post Esai actually founding them. And right? I don't even know what that is. Right, it's exactly. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's just a corporation, mm -hmm. right? It becomes a nameless, faceless corporation. That, and you're saying that people in poker are becoming nameless and faceless. Correct. And that could be an issue, but maybe not. I mean, I think it's... Personally, I think it's an issue anytime that you don't pay attention to history. Like, I think that you lose a lot of... Um, uh, a lot of potential lessons, but also a lot of the groundwork that was laid in order to get to this point. Mm -hmm. Like if you just walk into an industry and assume that the way it is in current state is the way that it's always been, uh, you're very tone deaf 
to an entire community and uh, a, a lot of the sweat equity that went into the opportunity that's being presented now. Right. I don't have much of a appreciation for the backstory of what is and just sort of see it for what is here now. Right. 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 Which is fine if your sole goal is to just play and make money. Right. But almost nobody who has any interest in being around for a decade plus uh, can, can operate off of that being the sole purpose. Right. At some point, you want to contribute to the community at large, whether it's through content or whether it's through having uh, an educated opinion on things, being able to shift the way operators work. If you don't have the perspective of how they used to work and fail, then you can't really right. give much insight as to how they should operate There's moving forward. very, very few, and they're mostly like Euro online guys like Red Baron, right, mm -hmm. et cetera, of people that have just been around for decades and are just pure poker players i don't know that they've been and around not, that long and not industry people yeah but i don't even know that that's that long like i think the linuses and the red barons they're, they're like five-year shelf life well linus has played for many many years but people know of linus for a certain amount of years yeah but if it's 10 i'm shocked i well we can figure it out but let's i'm sure it's around around there Okay. Because he started uh, playing when he was 18, or maybe okay. a little bit younger, maybe 16, like yeah, being yeah. in Europe. Yeah. But he was known, obviously, when he became the end boss. But Linus is now here doing podcasts and doing like content. No, but he's also just like not doing much, period. Like, he's just winning tournaments. He's just getting second in the Triton. I mean, I mean kind of, but like he's mostly transitioned out now to like solely playing Triton events and other select high rollers. Right. And that's the general process. That's why I'm saying like the shelf life itself is maybe like five years. Right, there's like five solid years of hardcore grinding. And then there's an exit. And then there's an exit. And prior to that, it's the learning phase, right? So right. like the actual career itself that you shine a, a spotlight on. And that's why there's so few people in poker with stay, quote unquote staying power of decade Correct. plus. Correct. Because in order to stay, you can't just be about bottom line. Like there needs to be something else filling that time while right. you're in high stakes because you don't get in volume at high stakes. You have to have a reason to want to be here. Right. And you feel that through doing industry right. stuff. Right, right. Because you have a higher ceiling elsewhere. Uh, your time is better served elsewhere for sure. Yeah. You can contribute to society better elsewhere. In some ways. Like once you make high stakes, everything kind of gets clipped out from underneath you. You get a lot of time back, but you lose a lot of volume. Uh, as, as a byproduct, you lower your ceiling, so to speak, right? Because like the only thing that makes the 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 ceiling capped is the inability to put in volume once you do achieve the highest levels, right? If you could just put in the same volume at the highest levels as you did at the micros. There's no cap to this game. You yeah. can make infinite. It's unlimited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's there's not the case. There's only so many hundred Ks. Yeah, there's only so many There's only so many high rollers. There's only so many private games you can get right. into. There's, yeah. you know, the, mm -hmm. the stakes that run online continue yeah. to get lower and lower. You were never a volume guy, but your volume has gone down a lot since you've moved it's, up in stakes. It's 33% of what it mm -hmm. formerly was. Yeah. Right, and that's that's as a guy who only put in mediocre volume to begin with. Yeah, right. right? So and also, when you do now become an industry person and leverage yourself as someone in the community, it kind of undercuts some of those potential spots you might get called some private games mm -hmm. here and there because yep. now you're good at poker and you're bad for the yeah. Gamers. When people talk about being affable, like the one of the most enjoyable aspects of playing with guys like JRB and Bobby Baldwin is just hearing them tell their their tales of the last 30, 20 years gambling. Right, they're the, like, they're the top 0.1% of people with staying power within poker that yeah. have seen it all. Shulman's another one. Like, uh, it, it's fascinating to just hear him tell stories, and a lot of them have very little to do with games that are relatable to me. It's either 
uh, pool hustles that he's been a part of, or it's like these People mixed stories. game, yeah, these like mixed games with like endless characters where the poker is not even secondary. It's like it's such a, a, a an afterthought. It's kind of compared makes to what's going cool. on. It's a mix. Exactly, Cuz mm -hmm. is another great example, right? It's like he's out there living a lifestyle. He's been around with poker being a, a vehicle within everything else. Is, like, it's so much more about the characters and the interactions and how they are relegated. And when you think about it, like you know, we all think it's so fucking absurd when people come up to us and ask us for a selfie or you know uh, want to tell us that they're they're podcast viewers and all this other stuff, like. Very humbling, very appreciated, but also like so insane to me. It's like I play a stupid card game for yeah. a living and you're like amplifying my status in your head so high. But I understand it more whenever you zoom out and you think about it from the character standpoint of like, well, that's a story for them. Right. right? It's like they play home games with their buddies who dream about the day where they could potentially play a World Series event and maybe vie for a bracelet. And they got to brush elbows with somebody that they watch on the internet five days a week that's done a lot of these things that they would aspire to do, you know, they, they, that took that chance at that crossroads where they could keep it conservative or they could risk the biscuit. It's, it's very, it's very, it's very funny. Uh, you say that and not like the whole humble, humble brag thing, but I had kind of one of my first interactions where when I was coming home from the win after booking a tournament, uh, Uber driver was like, Oh, Hey, like really big fan of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, Holy shit. Like I can have this conversation with you in the car. And I yeah. was like, wow, like I'm, honored to like have that ability to be able to have this conversation right. and make it be meaningful mm -hmm. and, and worthwhile right. and like you never really know what happens from that when it comes to the things thereafter but being in that moment then was such a good feeling of like wow not for for me but it was like i'm happy to be able to be this if you would want that to be the case yeah yeah, I mean, there's, really, really you know, cool. there are obviously degrees uh, of of celebrity and, you know, we're like Z-list. Right. Um, but it still does garner some sort of reaction from people who are in the culture. Uh, you know, it's like a cultic following of sorts. It's like, I think about the first time I met Phelps and I was fucking blown away. Like yeah. starstruck. Mm -hmm. Like this is the best athlete of my generation. And I'm sitting within feet of him right. playing a game that I'm good at. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like, this is... This is so surreal. I, I, I want to tell everybody, you know, I want to like take a picture. I want to tweet. Mm -hmm. I want to do all these things. And, you know, it's, it's the mimetic nature of, of humans, right? It's like we want, uh, we want to mimic what we view as success. Right. And even if that means just getting within arm's reach of it, and being able to demonstrate that, like, you know, we were able to touch it for a second, even if it wasn't our success, but, you know, it's uh, just, just being embodied and surrounded by it. That's, that's worth a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also just kind of being ourselves, so to speak. You realize, like, look, when someone says something to me, it's like, I'm just a guy that, that, that shit posts, makes memes, and plays poker, and just wants to be, like, a good person. Like, there's no, there's no ego involved of I'm this... Like, po poker's so small and insignificant in the really big, wide world of things. But if, like, you come up to me and you're like, oh, hey, like, I, I don't want to bother you. Like, please bother me. Like, like, thank you for giving me this ability to be able to like allow you to help in whatever way I can. And thank yeah. you for being a buffer for me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Matter of I, fact, I, enjoy, I, I really do enjoy this stuff because yeah. I, was, I was never that kid. You know, I was bullied in school. I, I was never like the, this, that, whatever. And people are like, wow, like it's nice to meet you. It's like, oh, I like having that feeling. Yeah, that's good.
All right, we're going to get out of here. Uh, I won't be here tomorrow. I'm going to try to call in Thursday. I believe I'm going to be able to uh, do so, but uh, I'm playing live at the bike tomorrow and Thursday. Big games, 200, 400, 200K min. Uh, Thursday is definitely Ooh. dependent upon how tomorrow goes. Take advantage of your low volume opportunities, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> fact. Please. You know, uh, I love that we're playing deep, and I love that the buy-in is is high and all these other things. But what I don't think Eric understands is that it's hard to move liquidity around. Yes. And like looking at the table right. that we're playing at, there's like one person there from LA. It's Andy. Like, that's mm -hmm. it. Everybody else is from out of town. It's like, why are we fucking doing this in LA? Why can't we do this in Vegas where I just like, you know, have security deposit boxes all around town and mm -hmm. I can get chips pretty yeah. easily. And like, you know, uh, if I bust, I don't have to sit there and like slink my way out and go, well, guys, it's been a real pleasure, but uh, I'm not going to be able to be here tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want that to happen. No. And just what do if, well tomorrow. What if I lose like, you know, 75,000? You might. And I have, you know, 190 to buy in the next day. Is he going to kick me out? I don't think so. He should. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this guy. Let's hope he doesn't. All right. Uh, I'm out of here. These guys are going to carry the show tomorrow. I believe uh, Johnny Vibes might be joining us in yeah, studio. Uh, Landon has confirmed. So I won't be here tomorrow. I'm going to try to call in Thursday. Uh, this might stretch into Friday, so I'm not really sure what the plans for my week will be. But, you know, I got my number one holding it down. That's right. You know I'll be in the building. Babe. Yeah, he was very talkative today. So, uh, you know, I don't know how much he'll have left in the tank tomorrow and, and Thursday, <laughs> but uh, I got faith in my boy. Connie is right now researching. Exactly oh, he, he's this booking he's flights, on, bro. He is definitely on he the is, trail. That's all he's been doing. He's I been look, hot on the trail. You better watch out, runner. Uh, on his computer, it's like NTIS the yeah, whole he's time. He's just <laughs> hacking the mainframe. You got to catch line bikes, not feelings, you know? Uh, Jeno yeah. and I were at dinner last night, and we were fucking looking at ATM cam street camera view. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, I did promise that if I run a 100k bluff tomorrow that I'll lay my sack out on the table. Oh, I'm not please, sure that I can live please. up on that Nobody one, but I'm going to look into that. prosthetics yeah, today. I'll be bird bathing. Yeah, I'm going to create a little bird bath, you know. <laughs> we bird bathing out here in this bitch. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we'll be back 10 a.m. tomorrow. We'll see you then. Later. Peace.